Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. Hey, Warrior Goddess Revolutionaries. I'm excited to be doing some solo shows again. I took a break for a while. And I want to start today by reminding all of us that what the word revolution means is about movement. It's about deep change. It's about standing up for what we believe in. It's also about including all of us and all the voices. So we're bringing together this idea of being in relationship with the revolution, the cycles of life, of embracing all of them, and also the revolution of change, of learning how to change and catalyze our own awakening and inner freedom, as well as stepping out to stay strong and steady as we create freedom for others as well. So we're doing both deep inner work and outer work, and I don't see them as separate. And sometimes in my own process, I forget to embrace everything, like all of us. So I wanted to share a little story of an experience that I had earlier this week. And I had COVID finally tested negative, yay! Um, But in that journey of navigating my physical health and my emotional health through COVID, I realized that I was depressed. And that's a very unusual experience for me. So I was standing washing dishes and checking in with my body. And I realized this isn't just COVID exhaustion. This is something else. So I'd been navigating a tremendous amount of exhaustion from being sick, but I could tell there was something else going on. And so I got quiet, which I always do when I find there's something that feels off inside of my being, just drop in. And so I dropped in and I said, hey, sweetheart, so what's going on? This doesn't feel like just COVID, there's something else. And then I waited. And when we ask questions of ourselves like this, when we bring our compassion inward, to check in with what else might be happening. We then need to open the space to wait to see what bubbles up. And so I waited and what bubbled up didn't surprise me, but I was like, oh, of course. And what I recognized, what I felt inside of myself is that I'm still grieving. You know, many of you have heard that in May, May 15th, there was a wildfire that came through our property, the retreat center outside of the Santa Fe National Forest. And this wildfire came through and devastated about 175 acres out of our 180 acres of land. We lost a lot of forest, animals, all ecosystem has just been incredibly heartbreaking. And I've done a lot of healing around it. I've spent a lot of time up in the land. I've done a lot of prayers. I've done a lot of crying. And I'd forgotten how recent it still is. And the truth was that I'm still grieving. And that part of what had happened is that I had started to resist going up to the land. 
I recognized as I was feeling into what was going on in my emotional content is that there was a place of closure inside of myself because I had this image in my head from the last time I was up on the land of just the incredible amount of death and destruction that the fire caused and how much loss there is. And at the time we were cutting trees down to try and create berms to reduce the erosion from the coming rains. So there was a lot of activity that was happening the last time I was up on the land. And because I'd been sick when I got back from Mexico, I had said to myself, oh, well, I, I don't want to go up to the land because it's, it'll be stressful, it'll be too much. But the truth was that I was avoiding it because I was avoiding my grief. So when I recognized this, I packed up the dog and jumped in the car and drove up to the land and cried the entire way up there. And when I got there, as I started driving closer, I started realizing how green everything was. The rains have just popped all of the, the flowers and the grasses and the trees that survived the fire were so vibrant, like glowing green. And as I walked towards one of my favorite spots on the land, like of course the, the sorrow about what has been lost was there. And I could see so many of the dead trees in the distance as I was walking. But what I had forgotten is that there's also already a tremendous amount of new life. There are the grasses growing back, the horsetail is growing back, the mullen is growing back. I saw a couple of incredibly bright butterfly bushes, flowers, they're, they're incredible. Ooh. And the scrub oak is coming back. The creek is running. And so there's all this life, all of this energy that was happening on the land in relationship with, in harmony with, in partnership with all that's also died. They're not separate. So it was such a good reminder for me that sometimes when we have difficult situations happen, we get an image stuck in our head. And it's a snapshot. It's one part of what's happening. And our mind grabs onto that picture and shows it to us over and over again. So we associate the image with the experience. And often there's emotion locked in there as well. So there's this whole packet. And we think of the thing that caused us pain, that was hurtful, that was a loss. And we have the image and we have the emotion. And that loops. So we can get stuck in that one frame of this movie that's still ongoing in our life. And it's really important that we take the time to check in with ourselves to see what's arising inside of me. To really look for those places where we have closure or we have a wound or we have fear or we're avoiding something and to get curious about why. So we don't have to fix anything. We don't have to force ourselves through to be different. We simply need to open in curiosity and see what's there. 
what image, what story, what emotion. And as we go towards those things, then we have the opportunity to listen for what's the next action, what needs to happen here. In my case, I realized what needed to happen is I needed to go back to the land and start a new relationship with it. That avoiding what was there wasn't helping. And that I also wanted to be gentle with myself because my body was compromised. And so I made the agreement to just go up for a couple hours and take a walk and let go of anything I had in my head that said, I should go spend the night. I should have been up there a lot longer. I should get some work done up there to let all of the rest of that go, which is, was just the thoughts about what should be happening. And then to listen to what was I capable of, what would nourish me, what would help me rewrite the story and change the image and the pictures. And so now in my head, I have the image of that bright orange butterfly bush. I have an image of the creek and Demi, my sweet border collie running around, just exuberantly playing. I have the image of my favorite tree that, one of my favorite trees that is completely burnt. But I also have the image of it in context with the grasses that are growing up around it. And so I can then stretch myself to open to hold more, to hold the loss and the beauty, to be with the damage that has been done, and also to integrate that, that it's a new reality. This is what is now. And so I can start letting go of what it should be, what I think it should be. I can also start letting go of the images of what it was in any place that I'm using it against myself or kind of against the land. So there's a way that to hold like the beauty of the forest that was there and to know that will regenerate and come back eventually with a lot of care and a lot of intent on the parts of human and just time on the parts of nature. But it's not helpful if I'm comparing what was to what is now in a way that's causing me pain. What's helpful is can I, again, open my heart to say, oh, I loved that forest so much. And then to let that go, to be in relationship with what it is now, which is just different. We're going to have a lot of meadows and have the opportunity to replant trees in a really mindful way and to be in a new relationship with the soil and with the mountains that surround. So in your own life, where is a place that you have an image of who someone else was in the past or who you were in the past? that you're comparing to who you think that person should be or who you should be in a way that's causing you suffering? And can you honor whatever beauty may have been in the past and then let it go 
to open into what is here now. Be with your grief. Don't avoid the grief or try and circumvent it. I found that with grief, it's the best to go through it and to know that it comes in waves, it echoes over time, and it transforms and changes. And so to hold ourselves in that deep understanding of what is needed for our own healing and be patient and know that it shows up in interesting ways. Sometimes grief or loss shows up as irritation or as depression or as a feeling of avoidance or as self-judgment or guilt or as just a feeling of being flat. So notice and then tend to yourself. And it's the tending where the healing happens. And I believe how we tend. So up on the land, we're going to need to do a lot of remediation work around erosion, around helping the soil come back. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, you know, it'll pop the seeds and think more things will grow. And that's true in some areas of the land, but there's also areas in the land that it's never going to be like it was because the soil was sterilized, because we're in climate change and it's hotter, and because there has to be effort now to bring things back to life. And so, and I think that's true in all things, like things don't go back to the way they were all the time. Sometimes they're radically different. And so we also need to be in a relationship with that and tending to what's needed here. And knowing that that tending of our wounded places, of the, the places that have burnt, burned to the ground, literally or metaphorically, then takes gentle presence to first listen to what's needed here, what wants to be grown or birthed or planted. And that once we are clear with where, what we want to replant, again, metaphorically or literally, in our lives, then comes the tending, the work over time to nourish our own soil, to nourish the foundation of our being, to nourish our emotional body, to help bring ourselves back to life or to help feed something else and help it come back to life. And this is a process. It's over time. There's no quick fix. There's no, how do we do this faster? And we can talk about how do we do it maybe more efficiently or more with more ceremony and ritual. But letting go of what's the fastest way or how do I make sure that this is over or how do I fix this in kind of the traditional, I just have to do one thing and it'll go back to the, the way it was. <sighs> Let go. Let go. Surrender it all up.
And in that surrendering it up, we can see what is being reborn or what wants to be reborn. And that seeds take time to grow and not all of them make it, you know? So we might have ideas of, oh, this is something that I wanna plant or this is something that I wanna create in my life or this is the direction that I wanna go now. And we start taking action towards those things, but we understand that not all of them are coming to fruition. And that this isn't a failure on our part, if not everything that we plant grows perfectly, everything that we vision that we're gonna do in our lives manifests. It's also about being in relationship with life and not everything grows. Not everything is here to be manifest. So here's a little exercise that I do when I am wanting to plant something new is I first brainstorm what is it that I want to create and let myself vision as far and as wide as possible and dream into it and imagine what it will be like and write all that down. And so to, and to write it in present tense is a fun thing to do as if it's already happened. Okay, so that for me is one of the first steps is what do I want to create? What do I want to plant? What do I want to birth? And then to vision it, to even expand my own vision to get bigger in the dreaming. And then only after I've gone as big and as wide as I can go, then I come back and really plant my feet on the ground and say, okay, what are the next steps? What is this actually going to take? And do I have the capacity and the support to do what it's going to take? So this is the place where we then get to dance with our vision and how to make it reality. And again, we get to expand and hold both. There's limitations. It's hard for me to even say that because I don't want there to be limitations. But the truth is there's time limitations, there's financial limitations, there's just energy limitations, there's skill level limitations. Now, none of the limitations need to stop us. And I don't think they should stop us. But they inform us of what's needed. And when we let ourselves dance with the limitations as much as we dance with the vision, something magic starts to happen because I believe those two things come together, the vision, the dreaming, the creative potential with the limitation and something new gets born out of necessity. Because now we have to say, okay, how do I work with the limitations that are here? And that makes us be more creative. We don't have to use the limitations to stop us. The limitations are actually a wonderful way to help us be honest and super flexible 
and curious around, huh, all right, how do I do it within this framework that I'm navigating? And what I found is that the next step is then to figure out the baby, baby, baby next actions that are needed to get the energy moving by taking an action towards it, no matter how tiny, even if it looks like it's impossible or that it'll take way, way too long, little baby steps. We take these little baby steps and then we keep checking back in, checking back with our vision, checking back with the limitations, checking back with how are the little actions that we're taking working? Are they moving us in the right direction? So we also, I'd say step four is an integrate and adjust. That we take the information in and that we keep checking back against our vision, seeing if the limitations have changed because sometimes they do. And noticing how our baby actions are pointing us in the right direction or maybe taking us off course. And there's also going to be times when as you're taking little action, suddenly you'll see a big action or a big leap that can happen. But that place of constantly checking in, adjusting, checking in, adjusting as you're tending and nurturing. In a way, what that checking in and adjusting is, is the weeding. It's the making boundaries. It is giving what you're growing more room and more space to flourish. It's also listening to what nutrients are needed to continue that process of growth. And that includes you, whatever it is that you're visioning and creating that you want to take into account your being, your emotional, physical, energetic, and mental being as part of the creative process so that you're not overriding yourself or judging yourself or pushing yourself, that you're dancing with the process, that you're playing, that you're enjoying, even when it's hard, because you have the vision. And it's the vision that keeps us going. It's holding on to the vision. Even as we adjust some of the form, it's the passion and the yes that we have for our vision that will keep us sustainable through the really challenging times because we can always look up and remind ourselves this part might be hard and look at where we're going look at what's being birthed here look at what we're creating and so we learn to narrow our focus to look at what am i doing and to do that as impeccably and presently and as filled with love as we can and to also then look up to look at where am I going, to hold the big picture, to see the dream as it's manifesting, to see what is growing, not to compare it should be there already, 
but look at the progress that you're making. Keep your eyes there on what is transforming, even if it feels infinitesimally small. That's still to be celebrated because it's taking you forward in your dream and in your visions. Even the places where there's a wildfire or a big transformation or a big loss or a big surprise. Step back, take a breath, reevaluate. You can always choose to walk away from a dream, to let go of what you've manifested. And you can always choose to reassess and adjust and work and play with that vision or dream in a different way if that's what's needed. Don't give up. You might need to let go. You might need to surrender it up. And that's different than giving up. Giving up says, I can't do this and usually comes from a victimized place or a place of fear. Surrendering something up says, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna carry this forward and comes from a place of discernment. And we then close out that dream, let it go and open to what is ours to do now that there's new space available. Remember loves, open to hold it all. The grief, the love, the sorrow, the delight. These are all part of the human experience. And play with that, those four steps. Vision big, bigger than you even thought possible. Honor the limitations. Let yourself creatively dance with both the biggest vision and the limitations. Take little baby actions, moving towards the vision. Adjust, assess, adjust again. Repeat. And remember as well that you are tending to your life with compassion and creativity and courage. Take good care of yourselves and I look forward to connecting with you someplace in the near future. Blessings. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.